Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. Whatever, but he said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome in. It is Sox on Tap, the post-game show. Johnny Nani here alongside Tony Marchese, and we are having some victory beers in walk-off fashion tonight, Tony. Crack them to that. Crack them, Johnny. I'm loving it. I'm loving everything about it. Great to be back on this show, especially with you. I feel like it's been a while, man. It has been. We've been a little, little MIA uh, in parts, busy uh, Memorial Day weekend and all that, and uh, just the combinations. Yeah, I was on with uh, Steve for one of them, uh, and I know it was at uh, you and Buzz. Uh, did you guys take one? So, you know, uh, been few and far between here, but yeah, good to be back, and fuck, what an exciting game to talk about here, man. Absolutely, man. This thing had a little bit of everything for any baseball fan, jump out to some early leads, a lot of home runs, a lot of fireworks. Johnny, I'm seeing stars tonight. Uh, so many fireworks in the sky. I bet the city smells like fucking sulfur. I love it. You know I love that. You've got the uh, Yasmani Grandal headband. You're rocking tonight, looking very, very fine. Hey, you, you say you love fireworks. He provided uh, two rounds of them tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was absolutely fantastic, man. And all I can all I can keep thinking back is, is how much hate Yasmani Grandal has gotten this season. Um, just shutting the haters with a Z up one by one with each <laughs> bomb Yasmani Grandal drops into the bleachers. Yeah, I love to see it. I love it. it's like a no doubt every time. Like as soon as he hits it, you know he strikes it well, and you see the bat drop. He knows it's gone. Everybody in the park knows it's gone. You get on your feet. Um, it's, it's always always a lot of fun, and I got to witness one last night. I was at the game, uh, the Thursday night series opener victory too. So uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. A little bit of a dip uh, in the middle of this one, so it was a little bit of a roller coaster in and of itself, uh, but what's new uh, with White Sox baseball there? So uh, let's before we get into uh, any of that, uh, a little housekeeping here make sure you're visiting on for all your chicago sports literature and podcasting needs you can follow us on social media at on sportsnet and at socks on tap and the show is presented by grandstand as well make sure when you need white socks merchandising needs you're hitting up grandstand right near the ballpark you can also shop online at grandstandsocks.com and visit them on social media at grandstand socks like i mentioned tony 9-8 White Sox walk-off winner here. Uh, what a wild one here tonight on the south side of Chicago. Um, they, you know, it's beating up on the teams that you need to beat, and the Detroit Tigers are not a good team. Detroit sucks. You see it right in the bottom banner uh, here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, carry over from Four Feathers, running shtick, and I love hearing the chants uh, throughout the rate, too. Uh, but, but this is big, too, especially, uh, I think, you know, a game that very well could have slipped away from me. It looked like it was uh, for a little bit. Uh, I think it just shows the resiliency of this team. So that's kind of my initial opening thoughts on this one. Yeah, Johnny, I'm, I'm right there with you. There, Like I said before, there's a little bit of everything in this baseball game. Um, you know, the, the the resiliency, though, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Because you, I, I remember Ricky's boys don't quit. 
And I feel like this has been there with this team for a while, but you're getting it for, from some other people here. Billy Hamilton tonight with an amazing catch uh, that saves saves the ball game, essentially. Uh, there, uh, Liam Hendricks coming in, shutting some, some things down that we're going to get into a little bit later. Um, there's just a lot of good things that happened. And you cap it off with a guy who's in the middle of a slump in Yerman Mercedes, getting the job done to end the ball game. I, there was a lot of resiliency tonight. I love that word. I love, I love the resiliency this team shows. Yeah, and there was some uh, opportunism in there too, Tony. One of my favorite words, uh, being opportunistic. Tim Anderson was most definitely that uh, in the middle innings, and then obviously Yerman Mercedes uh, at the end of the game to cap the whole thing off. So uh, let's start with the pitching matchup tonight. Uh, it was Dallas Keuchel versus Spencer Turnbull. And uh, Dallas Keuchel, uh, he, he goes six in this one. A little questions about should he have been left in for the seventh to be able to start that, but uh, they eventually went to Cody Hoyer, and that's kind of where things uh, got out of hand. But we'll get there uh, as we run through the scoring after that. First First thoughts on Keuchel here tonight. Didn't have his best stuff, and I feel like he hasn't had his best stuff yet this year. Um, was serviceable enough. I was actually reading something before the game, Johnny, um, uh, about tonight's betting odds because I, I placed some some money down on the White Sox, which which wound up paying off. Um, but the, the main concern about this game was going to be that the, this Tigers lineup, this current Tigers lineup, has hit very well against Dallas Keuchel. And it was a there was a little bit of an advantage there if you put some money down on Detroit. And I, I kind of went back, I looked up some stats, and I saw that yeah, this this lineup has hit Keuchel very well. And Dallas Keuchel is just I, I don't want to say he's been the weakest link in the White Sox rotation because I don't I don't think he has. That's but Dylan yeah, it's it's still Dylan Cease, but I think maybe the most underwhelming might be a term that I would use for Dallas Keuchel thus far this year. Thought about it a little bit, still bet on the White Sox, but that was my concern going in, and, and you still kind of saw that. I mean, Detroit was was putting some hits up early. Uh, it just wasn't crisp. You want to see him get guys out uh, in short order and save the pitch count. Um, it just it wasn't his best outing. He still got the job done. He was still effective, but it wasn't anything that was overexciting like we see out of a guy like Lance yeah. Lynn. I think that's where I'm at with Dallas Keuchel right now. And I really think that's what you're driving at too, because you, you could live with that. I mean, with the performance that he had tonight, I mean, you look at his final line like that, that should set you up uh, for victory. And obviously the White Sox ultimately did it in a roundabout fashion here, uh, but he did give them a chance there. So I'm not too, too concerned about Keuchel. And I've, I've just kind of been, you know, grown accustomed to that. that's the kind of guy that he is. He's going to, you know, at his best, he's going to be inducing a lot of ground balls. He's a low strikeout guy. He's not, you know, fanning a lot of guys, missing a ton of bats. Like they showed that graphic White Sox starting pitchers missing, uh, you know, or pitching staff as a whole. Missing the most bats of uh, anyone in the league. Um, Dallas Keuchel is not contributing big time to that. That's Lucas Giolito. That's Lance Lynn. Uh, that's when Dylan Cease is on. Uh, that's what those guys are doing. So that's not him. So I, I've just learned to accept it, and I was okay with it tonight. So uh, let's move into so how some of the scoring started, though. Uh, the uh, White Sox would get things going. Uh, Yasmani Grandal uh, with solo shot. Uh, you got to love this one going opposite field here, obviously. Uh, we'll have a pull shot later, and last night's was a pull shot too. Uh, but good to see him get going here, and I think something that Steve Stone mentioned there, Tony. I've been saying it to you and our guy Andrew Kinsler for a while. I think he's still battling through stuff that, you know, he had like a little calf ailment at the beginning of spring training. I don't know if that ever fully healed. And now he says, you know, he's getting his weight back underneath him, being able to shift it better. Uh, and you're seeing it in the results on the field. So any thoughts there? He has, he has money, Grandal. 
Yes, money Grandal, and, and you know people want him to go out there and earn that paycheck, and I just want him to keep setting fucking fireworks off uh, above the exploding scoreboard, right? That's all. That's all I want is just more home runs from him, uh, because the bat drop, Johnny, is just that sexy. Yeah, it is. It's so sweet. It's one of the best. I mean, it's so like clean, and it's just almost natural because it's where he follows through to his swing. But he does it. Yohan Moncada does it. Always just looks, you know, sweet. Yeah, it just for looks highlight. good. So. It looks good for the. It looks good for the highlight. But you want to talk about a guy that can carry a team, and you saw it tonight. Yasmani Grandal's offense carried this team, um, you know, just via the long ball early in this one. And the White Sox have so many offensive weapons, and we really haven't seen outside of the walk, which is, you know, a, a discussion in and of itself from Yasmani Grandal. When he can take over a ball game, that's just another guy that's in that lineup that can and, do that. And it's something that you haven't been accustomed to so far this year. So I think it's right. a nice, like, kind of, you know, yes. uh, you know, sort so of from second, it's a, like a second wind, second wave of sorts. You know, yes, I, I think I think it's just a friendly reminder of how fucking damn good Yasmani Grandal is and why the White Sox paid so much money to have him here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair points there. And, uh, you know, I just love it. Uh, it's just exploding scoreboard. Uh, most efficient way to score runs is by hitting home runs. And obviously Grandal providing some pop as of late. So to move into the top of the third here, this is where the Tigers would strike back with one of their own. Castro let off with a single. Hill grounded into a double play. So it's looking like Keiko may get out of this. Uh, but then Grossman reaches on air. It's kind of routine ball uh, over to Moncada at third. I think he just kind of fumbled it. Uh, sometimes that happens. Sometimes, you know, physical errors happen. But unfortunately, uh, next guy up is Scope and one of those guys that you talk about hits Keiko well uh he doubles and that brings uh Grossman home so that would tie this game at one uh you, you want to see a little more focus from Moncada there yeah yeah I do and I also want to get into this with scope um a little bit because the White Sox have been beaten in this way a few times and this game does eventually get a, a little bit out of hand there Johnny there there's always just that one guy you just shouldn't fucking pitch to and you, you pitch to him here. So outside of the focus from uh, Johan Moncada too, like this is a developing theme that I want to go as we go through the rest of yeah, we, uh, the play-by-play -play here. Me and Steve kind of started it with the uh, back in the Indian series with the don't pitch to J-Ram anymore. Jose Ramirez, you know, a known White Sox killer there. Uh, so I definitely get the vibe uh, that you're going for there with Scope. Let, let's move on here because the White Sox would have an absolutely massive bottom of the fifth, uh, partly thanks to some timely offense, uh, a lot of thanks to some Detroit uh, errors, throwing the ball around and whatnot, uh, and pitchers just ineffective because this is where Spencer Turnbull had to come out of the game after four, and uh, Kyle Funkhauser enters. There's a little bit of forearm tightness for Turnbull, but either way, White Sox take advantage of that, Tony. I think that's a big theme here. I don't think it's appropriate for me to go and list off all of this shit that happened in this inning uh, because that would be a laundry list of things. Uh, mm -hmm. But just a general theme from this, Tony, I think is when the other team has disadvantages, whatever it's, you know, injuries, we don't root for injuries for anyone, but if it happens there, take advantage of the next guy, you know, guy has to come in, maybe he wasn't ready uh, just yet to come in and warm up a little bit quicker. Uh, obviously, Funkhauser uh, letting up base runners uh, to start that inning, getting those thing loaded up there. Uh, Timmy comes through with the clutch uh, single, uh, drive in a few, uh, you know, kind of crack it open, just like you're doing there. Uh, three to one, that uh, would make it there. Uh, but then some errors, too, because, you know, throws coming home, they're getting past the catcher. Uh, you could take in the extra bases, you know, as NWI Steve always appreciates, uh, and you're scoring those extra runs. You know, kick them while they're down, ACDC style. Love that. Love that. And I'm, I'm really glad that I was cracking a beer open right when you were, were going there. That was almost it, it felt like we we planned that. But we did not. I can um, promise we didn't. Yeah, we did. We did not. We did not plan that. You know, 
Johnny, that this is this is the exact type of opportunistic attitude that I I think that you love. Like when I watch this shit happen at this point after doing you know so many episodes of Four Feathers podcast and and socks on tap with you, like I I just when these types of things happen, I'm like, oh man, Johnny's fucking happy right now because the White Sox are being opportunistic. Kick the opponent when they're down. You said it right there. Um, I'm on the exact same wavelength as you. This is what makes good teams right here is taking those opportunities to jump on the opponent when there's something that's not going in their favor. And that's, what's going to continue to propel this white Sox team uh, to win ball games over the course of yep. the season. You said it earlier and I want to revisit it, beat your inferior opponents. This is where, because teams like that will have injuries. They will have errors. They will have opportunities for the white Sox to jump on on them and just take control of the ball game. They did it early and it was just great to see. Yeah. And I think big too. Uh, I want to talk about Tim Anderson just real quick here with this one, uh, because this is kind of the igniter of the game. I know obviously the Osmani Grandal home runs were huge uh, in the spots that they came and there's still another one to get to here, but Tim Anderson in the spot, you know, you felt you like you were on the verge of that big inning and you want someone to kind of break it open. Uh, Tim Anderson did that. He, you know, broke down uh, the dam and that just started flooding in after that. And that was big because a guy that you expect in that spot to kind of get a hit. I think we've been so accustomed to it. And Benetti likes to mention it all the time, Nikki two strikes. What is three? 307 batting average before that at bat with two strikes. Um, he hits a little weak pop out uh, to, you know, uh, second base there. So if Tim Anderson grounds out uh, or records an out there of any kind, uh, it kind of kills your momentum there. But no, I think it was big for Timmy. So, uh, you know, I know he doesn't get pasta for that one, but, um, you know, hopefully enjoyed his from last night and that was powering through, uh, powering him through today. You know, Johnny, uh, I know Buzz and I took Tim Anderson as, as the pick to click. And, and in that moment during this ball game, I think that there's more that, that kind of maybe trumps it later on. But in that moment, Johnny, I'm sitting there thinking like check Mark on this one, because this is going to be oh, yeah. a pivotal moment in this ball game. When Tim Anderson gets the job done there, because that was, that was, that was key for the white Sox opening the floodgates. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Ian would reach on a fielder's choice uh, two-run score after that to even break it open even further. Like I said, Tim Anderson kind of kicking the dam down uh, and letting it flood in after that. And you're talking about picks to click there. I think all of ours hit tonight because you you two had Timmy. Um, I had uh, Yasmani Grandal and uh, Steve had Nick Madrigal. And we'll get to because he made up for his, uh, you know, kind of uh, – you know, eh, maybe it wasn't a you know big deal uh, that he made it out there because it's still early in the inning, but he, he made atone for it uh, either way and came through with the run later in the game. We'll get to that. Um, so White Sox would exit that inning up six to one. We're feeling good. Everybody's thinking this is great. Um, and then the you, you even add another. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Scope hits a home run, but then Madrigal uh, restores that with a home run of his own in the bottom of the six. So there's where Steve's pick comes in and clicks there. So I think maybe the first time in socks on tap history that all of us click. Um, they love to see that, but then the top of, yeah, the top of the seven, to, top of the seven, Tony, it was an absolute shit show uh, because this is where Dallas Keuchel exits the game. Uh, Cody Hoyer comes in and Cody Hoyer is struggling big time. He's your guy, man. I, I almost want to go to you on this one and, and have you dissect. What's up with Cody Hoyer? He's your guy. He's yeah, your I mean, guy. He throws smoke. He, he's, he's, He's been used in semi-high leverage situations before. What's what's going on with him? Because I, I have no fucking clue. 
Well, last year was a little bit of a jump onto the scene uh, sort of thing, Tony. And people weren't, they didn't know him. He was just, you know, his rookie year. That was his first time in the league. Uh, now they have some of the data on him. They can adjust to him. And also, it doesn't help that he walks guys. Uh, that, that is, you know, command then. Uh, command not being spot on as it was last year, um, you know, because when he is, you know, commanding the fastball very well, obviously throw smoke uh, and then you throw in a slider into that mix as well. And that one will dive off the table and guys will chase it. But if you're not commanding the fastball, they're not going to respect that slider at all. So I think that's a big problem with Cody Hoyer here because um, to start this off, you know, he, he uh, let short uh, walk to him, Castro doubled, and then Hill uh, walked, and that would just be it uh, for him in this one. And unfortunately, Marshall did not fare much better. Obviously, Hoyer uh, leaving him uh, with a shitty situation. No outs, bases loaded when you come into a game there. No El Duque style for Marshall tonight. Uh, Grossman did a sack, fly, scope, three-run bomb. Uh, and then after Cabrera singled Haas uh, with a two-run shot uh, to make it 8-7 tight. And, uh, you know, I felt a little down in the dumps after this one, Tony. I need to get some more rallies in, more rally beers, all that shit. Yeah, I mean, it was just not not great. It was not a great showing. Um, probably one of the more frustrating innings of White Sox baseball we've watched. Would you agree? It was like a 2018 inning of White Sox baseball, Tony. It, it was. It was and very reminiscent of 2018. And I think it was, you know, it's just different for us now because we expect these guys, and we've seen those guys, both of them, Hoyer and Marshall, be used in high-leverage situations to get the job done in those situations. It wouldn't be a surprise if this was Yenmar Gomez and Juan Manaya throwing these. Uh, but, no, it's two of the guys that you expect Oof. to actually get it done, you know. Uh, so that's where it kind of hurt there. But uh, this was a comeback here. This is a roller coaster. Let's go back up it, baby. Uh, because in the bottom of the seventh, uh, Bray, you, this is an interesting situation. We go, we go a little bit up, and then we'll go down, and then we'll go back up again. Because Abreu leads off uh, with a walk. Uh, Mercedes flies out, but then Abreu gets thrown out at second. Uh, trying to tag up. It was a fly ball deep to center, close to the track there. Uh, but I think that's a bad decision overall by Abreu to go and tag up there. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted this one out and said that that's not MVP shit, Jose. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought he, he thought he had a good chance of getting in on that one. And in, in real time, I thought he was safe. But, um, you know, they, they didn't even challenge that place. So maybe I was I was far off. I thought it was close. I think it was close, but I think it was still pretty clearly out. Um, I, I Anyone just a little bit faster, man, I think you're good. Yeah. And you could do that. And that's like no problem. Like for a guy like Billy Hamilton, Tim Anderson, no problem. They can get there. But it's Jose Abreu. Got to know. Uh, it's like, yeah, sure, he's still hitting at an elite level, but the legs uh, aren't, aren't the same as they were uh, in 2014, Jose Abreu. You got to com- you got to. You got to commend him for the effort, but it was it was a bad baseball play. Yeah, and it really I, could have it really could have caught cost the White Sox this game. Situationally, when you're down, uh, I, I just I'm not a fan of just giving away those things. I know there's some points to be aggressive, and sometimes when you want to force the issue, I just don't think that was the right time for it. So timing of it, maybe a little mental mistake there on Jose Brady's part. But either if way, if you're going from second to third, I I think that that's that's a no. Well, that's no problem because that's a longer throw. That's right in front I mean, of the guy just, in center field there. Yeah, so, I, I didn't even expect base. him to. I didn't expect him to go for that. I didn't either because it just seems like that wouldn't have been the thing for him to do in that spot. Obviously, he gets thrown out there. So then uh, that's two outs. But Yasmani Grandal comes up and saves the day. Massive bomb uh, to right field, Tony. Uh, bat drop. Oh, the old works, man. You got to love it. This ties the game up at eight. Um, I just. 
I mean, I, I love seeing this guy get hot, man. I've been waiting for it. You know, I've, I've been uh, patient with him uh, because I'm a big supporter of his, but uh, it feels great to finally be able to push back uh, with some results on some of these haters. <laughs> cool and tough is Yasmani Grandal coming through in the clutch right there. You know, it's man, I just, this is just one of those nights where you love baseball because the guy that's getting hated on because he only walks, you know, just drops two bobs. And and this one was in a more clutch spot than the first one was, Johnny. This was so a big at bat. You're, I mean, the momentum is completely killed after Jose Abreu tries to take that base. And you're just sitting there, and it's one of those spots, if, if you're like me, where it's like, all right, I'm going to go grab a beer. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to just watch this last at bat. Boom. Yasmani Grandal drops a bomb. Game's back tied. Because you're feeling really low right there. You're feeling really damn low when the White Sox mm-hmm. you know, give up give up that That's- give up that lead. And then you have like a rally killing double play. Big spot. Big players come through in that situation. That's cool and fucking tough. Absolutely. Opportunistic. I uh, use all of those words. Uh, resilient. Uh, you're not rolling over and dying uh, in the situation. Obviously, Yasmani Grandal came to hit. Uh, as our guy Duke likes to say, word to your moms, Yaz came to hit bombs. And he did that on two occasions tonight and has been doing it as of late. So great to see. All right. Let's get into a little bit of uh, management here of the bullpen. In, in the eighth inning, Crochet in. Uh, he allows one single, but no damage in that one. Uh, I think a little bit surprising, Tony, uh, was him coming back out for uh, the ninth to start this tie game still uh, White Sox didn't do anything in their half of the eighth so uh, he comes back out and, and you get you know the armchair managers and everybody's entitled to their own opinion uh, they wanted to see Hendricks come out right away uh, and be the guy there um, I understand it if you want if you want him and that's you that, that's you know every, like I said everybody's entitled to their own opinions but I'm going to back up a little bit of why I was actually happy to see crochet in the spot because um you know, against a better team, against, a, you know, more crunch time down towards the end, I think, yeah, you, you go to Hendricks there, and it's, you know, you're just getting those outs. But come on, playing Detroit Tigers, still early June. I know every game matters, but in this, what do you want with Garrett Crochet, especially since he's not on the starter track yet? You kept him up for the big leagues. If you wanted to be a starter, he'd be down in, you know, double A or some shit right now, uh, working on that stuff and stretching out there. So, you want him here, and you want him in high-leverage spots, right? Because he has nasty shit, throws really hard. Um, you're only going to learn how to pitch in those high-leverage spots by pitching in the high-leverage spots. So if you if you say every time, once it gets to that spot that we need to go to Hendricks, we need to go to Hendricks, I get it. I understand that you're saying that that is you know, the best chance and you know, this guy that you paid for. I get all of those reasoning behind it. But at the same time, if you can cultivate this right now, Tony, and get Garrett Crochet, to get in that mental state and be able to kind of be that, you know, fuck you killer mentality um, in that spot. I think it was a big step forward because obviously he still had to turn it over to Hendricks to get the last out there. But in the, in that ninth inning, he walks the leadoff guy and then he strikes out, gets a big strikeout. And then you get saved a big play by Billy Hamilton. So you got to give props to your defense as well there. Um, but then after that, another walk, and that is where Hendricks would come into the game after that and induce a fly out, and obviously uh, we'll get to the rest of uh, the fun stuff, the celebration after this. But do you agree with my reasoning at least that uh, there is some value in letting Crochet go there, uh, especially in this kind of juncture uh, of where we are in the season and what the standings are and what things are looking like right now? Absolutely, Johnny, and this is something that I struggle with as a fan all the time because, Johnny, you know 
when when we we break down Hawks games or Sox games, stepping on the opponent's throat is cool and tough, right? Like that, like we can we can establish a baseline that throwing your best person out there all the time and you know, like I want to see Patrick Kane on the ice a hundred percent of the time when the Hawks are when the Hawks are playing, right? I want to see fucking Liam Hendricks out whenever there's a there's a close ball game because that's your best. Like we can agree that that's like basic minimum, like from fan entertainment value and from a confidence standpoint, that's what you want to see. Okay, I'm getting the nod. So yeah, that that's that's what everybody wants to see. But at this juncture right now, where the White Sox are at, you start you, what you just pointed out, where some really valid points. You're playing the Detroit Tigers. You're in early June. You've got Liam Hendricks signed for what three years? You've got you've got guys that all need to be working within this whole entire system in order to sustain success and and be relevant two or three years from now. Those things also matter. Those things also are opportunities for the next guys to become the guys that you can rely on in these situations because Liam Hendricks is not going to be available every single fucking day yes. from the seventh inning on because we moved on from Dallas Keuchel. And, and you know what? Like I saw some I, – I saw everybody uh, on Twitter who, who wants to play the Tony La Russa sucks card pull out the what's going on with this bullpen management tonight. You had – Cody Hoyer come out, who's been effective in pretty high leverage roles so far in his early career, come out in basically a fucking mop-up situation. Like, let's go back two or three years and look at the names in the bullpen who would have fucking come out in these situations, and you tell me that you wouldn't take Cody Hoyer over any of them seven days a fucking week, Johnny. Like that, that's, yeah. that's number one. Then you go to Evan Marshall, who's been an eighth inning guy, especially even this year. And who's a leader on this team and has a bad night. Then you go to, then you go to Garrett Crochet, who's a guy that you just mentioned. And I think we can all agree that Garrett Crochet should be the type of guy who you can rely on in eighth or ninth inning. He's got that kind of fucking filthy stuff. This is the opportunity to let Garrett Crochet try and finish that game. Fail. Go tell him why he failed while you know that your offense still has the ability to get the job done and bail him out if that's the case. And you've got Liam Hendricks. If all else fails, as you saw tonight, comes in, shuts the door. That's the way you build the team. It's not just let's go to Liam Hendricks every single fucking time because everybody's not going to you know, have to shit their pants for five minutes. That's not mm-hmm. baseball. He can't play every single goddamn day. He might want to, but he can't. If, if you want to burn his arm out and then next year sit there and say, well, why did Rick Hahn sign Liam Hendricks? He only was good for like six months. Well, yeah, that's what everybody wants to set him up for right now. It feels like on Twitter.com is burn Liam Hendricks out right now and and forego next year. Like they they also have to have some sort of strategy behind this, Johnny. And I love seeing the ability to go to Garrett Crochet there and say, here's the fucking opportunity to get the job done. It's it baseball is not played in a one game vacuum. 
all, all good points there that you added on to. Um, it, just for me, it's carving out Garrett Crochet's role because, you know, it's kind of been, I think, more so a, a one-off, just one-inning sort of performances. And he's gone, you know, partial, you know, bits of other innings. And obviously that ended up being the case tonight uh, with the one and two-thirds, uh, technically, in Liam Hendricks' recording that last out. Um but, you know, if you're getting to that point of where you want him, like what's, you know, when Andrew Miller in his heyday with the Cleveland Indians, you know, people have talked about, oh, you know, it's going to be nasty. We can use crochet and Kopech like that. Well, if they don't ever get a chance to do that, how are they ever going to learn to do that? And I'd rather have them learn right now uh, instead of learn in, you know, September. Uh, when, and that's, that's when the other thing, too. Up, yeah. the, the, Some of these guys are still developing. And look at how talented this team is. You've got Garrett Crochet, who basically skipped the entire minor league experience and is learning at the major league level and has the trust of the, uh, something we haven't mentioned, second winningst all-time manager, Tony La Russa, has the trust to go to Garrett Crochet and build him up there in that situation because he knows his team has the ability to, to win this ball game still and wants to put him on the line and give him that. If you're never going to, if you're never going to let any of these guys face any sort of adversity, they're going to, they're, they're just going to be soft. Johnny, yeah. we don't like that. That's a layman week. So yeah, I like that. Uh, we can move on from that though. I just wanted to have a little discussion about there about that. And I'm not defending it completely because there's, there's times. And if you're playing the freaking Boston Red Sox or, uh, you know, uh, Tampa Bay Rays in that spot, yeah, fucking go to Hendricks right away. Situational and, awareness. You know, yeah. That, that's, that's all I kind of wanted to drive home there. And then also the big thing for me is carving out Garrett Crochet's role. And I think that's a big step forward from him, both confidence wise and just experience wise, uh, learning, learning, to do the shit that he needs to do uh, when you want him there. So uh, imagine getting him and Kopech both able to do that uh, multi-inning performances there. That saves you from an injury. Say a starter just has to leave. They tweak a hamstring or something early in the game. Boom, we're going to patch this thing together with two from Kopech right away, two more from Crochet, and then we'll turn it over to Bummer. Then we'll turn it over to Hendricks, and boom. Then you got yourself a winning recipe, even on a night that may have been thrown off by uh, unforeseen circumstances. So th that's my bottom line. I've said my piece. Let's get on to the fun shit here. All right. Bottom of the ninth. Moncada leads off, gets hit by a pitch. Jose Abreu drives a single opposite way, puts Moncada at third. He was super fired up when he got to third base. I love how you pointed that out, Tony. And then the Yerminator. Was he like over 26, over 27, something like that? Coming into this at bat uh, most recently, and he laces a single into left field uh, in between kind of short and third, uh, and that's the walk-off. They go and douse him with the Gatorades, the waters, any drink they can find there. Uh, it was a lovely sight. got to love a walk-off. Always extra exciting. Uh, fireworks hit a little bit different after that, and uh, that last sug of beer uh, that you still have left over from the seventh inning tastes just a little bit sweeter there, Tony. Oh, it absolutely does, Johnny. I, I absolutely love the fireworks. I love Dearman Mercedes in this spot to get the job done. Um, I was just thinking about it, man, right before, right before the, all this transpired, um, you know, just sitting there watching the game, talking with the wife about it. Um, you know, I said, this is, this is a momentum building spot. This is a confidence spot for a guy like Yerman Mercedes. And, you know, you and I, uh, have been pretty hard on him back and forth in some text message exchanges that we've had about Yerman Mercedes. Like I, I was I was ready to walk on this whole Yerman Mercedes experience. I know I haven't been publicly vocal about it, but it, again, it's been a little while since you and I have been on a post-game show together. Um, just not happy with the uh, Yerman Mercedes performance for just a little bit there during that stretch. 
But th- this is where you turn it around if you're him. That was the perfect guy to have up in that situation because you become due. We were talking about it a little bit before the game started or before the post game started. Um, great spot for him to be in right there. He was due. He was due, like you said. And baseball is a humbling game. Let's you know this is German Mercedes' first big league season. He's 28 years old, but he is a rookie. This is his first big league season. Um, baseball is a humbling game. He started off red hot, um, obviously scorching. He had all the kind of records as the AL, you know, player of the week uh, to start the very first uh, get go from that kind of series at Anaheim to get things going. Uh, and obviously had a very torrid April, hitting some massive bombs almost, you know, onto the concourse of the Dan Ryan, essentially. Um, if the concourse wasn't there, I felt like a few of them could the skip out to Dan Ryan. So, um, and then, you know what the thing is? League collects enough data on you, and then they try and exploit your weaknesses. And that has happened. And they've also just fooled them. Sometimes Yerman just can't catch up to like a, you know, a fastball above 94, 95 miles an hour. If a guy's throwing a little bit of smoke, uh, it could be tough for him. Or they're just, you know, really mixing him up uh, and getting him into that protect mode, get him to two strikes uh, and then induce weak contact uh, off of him. So that's what's been happening. Baseball is a humbling game, uh, but good to see him get back on track. Uh, and it's another thing, too, with these guys uh, building confidence, uh, being opportunistic, that kind of stuff. Take advantage of the level of your opponent, because guess what? The Detroit Tigers bullpen. Think about how much we bitched about. Uh, I don't know, you know, their names up and down through that bullpen. But think about how much we bitched about bullpens from 2017, 2018 and all that. That's probably the kind of cast of crew yep. that Detroit has going right now for them. So take advantage of it. And that was a great spot for you to do it. Yep, exactly. And that's all you need to turn around sometimes, Johnny. Like we, we've both played this game. You know it when you're when you're when you're scuffling, man. You just need that that kid that's going to come up and throw you some meatballs. And Yerman Mercedes takes full advantage of it right there. And this was this was a perfect time, perfect opportunity for that to happen. And it, it feels like you're you're living in a storybook right now for, with this White Sox team. It absolutely does because things just seem to happen in their favor. Just some of the breaks. Billy Hamilton has come in and stepped up. And taken over for Luis Robert after you thought that, like, oh, shit. When that happened, I was thinking, all right, how are we going to get through the rest of this year? Billy Hamilton, what a story. What, you know, Even tonight, catching that fly ball, some of the stuff that he's done this year. Even in losses, Billy Hamilton has been an energy spark plug for this team. Yerman Mercedes, a guy that you didn't expect to make this roster, comes out and has one of the hottest Aprils that you've ever seen a Major League Baseball player have. There's been guys who have carried this team through some of these weird situations. You've been without Eloy Jimenez the entire year. If you told me this team was going to play Eloy Jimenez-less, I thought maybe second, third-place team. There's been so many just storybook things. And you look at a night like tonight, Yerman Mercedes, a guy that has just been absolutely scuffling, comes up in a ninth-inning situation to knock the ball in and get the get the walk off there. Like, there you go. That's just another storybook moment for this team. And another night that's unforgettable on the south side that's starting to get even rowdier and rowdier with every crowd that fills that place. Yeah, you hit a lot on the position players, too, and I would throw Rake Lamb uh, into that, too, with some timely bombs that he has hit, uh, you know, coming on a little bit there. Um, I, I need to give a ton of credit to the starting pitching staff. I think you covered the position players well. So um, I would say six out of seven days a week, they are giving you a chance to win the ball game. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with it, Johnny, and I think that that's more if you're if you're saying six out of seven days a week, they're giving you a chance to win a ball game. 
I'd say, you know, a really good team probably gives you that four out of every four or five out of every seven. Yeah. And I, I, I genuinely feel like six is a reasonable yeah. number for this team. Yeah. Well, because the thing is you get stretches where everyone's good for, for a row. So you can get like a streak of like 10 days where they're setting you up for success. And then you get a few one-offs like a Carlos Rodon random, you know, rough night against the uh, Kansas city Royals. It happens sometimes I get it. But I would say when you average it out, most of the time, they're giving you a chance to win, uh, and it's obviously evidenced uh, by, by the numbers that they put up as a staff. There's not a player on the roster, unless they're named Jose Ruiz, that can that can win you a ball game. Yeah, so I I think yeah, it's kind of a storybook so far. I want to keep writing it. I can't wait to uh, do that. And the next chapter of that will be tomorrow, uh, and I will be in attendance to go and see it live. Uh, we've got a Saturday afternoon matchup here, June fifth, one uh, ten p.m. Central Time on NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, it'll be Tarek Skubal for the Detroit Tigers, young kid, uh, still up and coming. We saw him make a debut against our White Sox last year, and Lucas Giolito uh, going for the South Sider. Speaking of South Side. They'll be wearing those new City Connect jerseys, Tony. What do you think of those? And they're 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 just nasty. They're just absolutely nasty in the best Make it way nasty. possible. Make it nasty. Um, you know, I've 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 actually kind of thought a little bit that they'd look somewhat better with white pants, but the all black look is just when you it's go filthy, man. When you go pinstripes, you have when you go pinstripes on the jersey there like that with the black and you're doing white pinstripes, you need the black pants to match it. If you did not have pinstripes and it was just kind of like a little bit of a fade to it, you could go with white pants. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's my, that's my only potential maybe gripe with it. But other than that, (laughs) dude, I, I feel for the players tomorrow. It's going to be a scorcher on the South side. It's going to be like 90 degrees close to that. The upper 80s on the south side. So they're gonna be wearing Chris all Sale black would probably, tomorrow. Chris Sale would probably cut them up. <laughs> you cut them in the shorts. You go back to yeah, the uh, 70s. Cut them like in the shorts and, yeah. and, and cutoffs. Yeah. Maybe they need yeah. those Chris Sale scissors tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love a little bit more. Yeah. I, I love those jerseys, Tony. I got a Louis Robert one on the way. So, uh, you oh, know, do you? That's, yeah, I do. Uh, it's going to look sweet. I kind of like how the pointed numbers are. So I thought an 88, you know, a double digit there uh, with that, it would look pretty sweet. So uh, I got the Luis Robert jersey on the way, and it'll be nice to have that as soon as he is back and healthy. So look at you finding a way to get a, uh, an R roll into a post game show that, a- that he's not, he didn't even participate in, Johnny. I mean, that, that that's some MVP shit right there. That's, that's the uh, socks on tap difference. We got to do it whenever we can, Tony, because one, first of all, I'd miss him. He's awesome. He's a great player. Uh, and then second of all, that's a staple of socks on tap. So we're like losing our identity if we can't have our roles at some times, you know? Yeah. I mean, we might have to start like implementing them in for like Lurie Garcia. That's a tough one in the uh, middle of the name there. But, but Buzz, we can, Buzz we can challenge Buzz for this one. Yeah, but, but I think Buzz could do- Buzz can definitely do that. He, he's good at inflicting those in between there. So um, let's talk this matchup a little bit, though. Lucas Giolito, uh, I'm expecting a shit ton of strikeouts tomorrow, Tony. I don't know about you. I am as well. Uh, you just look up and down this Detroit lineup, and we all know Detroit sucks. Um, I, I think if you're if you're a betting man, you take the over on Lucas Giolito strikeouts tomorrow. They're probably going to be nasty to you and give you like a eight and a half. But – Lucas Giolito should be a little bit fired up. You, you saw him get tossed out of a ball game last night. You see, you know, he's having some fun. He wants to go out there and compete. It's a next man up mentality. 
you see the White Sox start rattling off some wins. It's the perfect atmosphere for Lucas Giolito to go out there and just shove tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I'm fully expecting it. Um, and I, I would say I wouldn't be afraid to hammer that over uh, if, I, if I were a better um, in that spot because he did, what, strike out 13 Baltimore Orioles. And I know the Orioles are a little bit worse than the Tigers, and the Tigers do have some bats that can make some contact. But Same, 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 same. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, when it's on uh, and it's that change of dancing, it's still tough. Even if you're a good hitter, it's still tough to go and get that thing when it's diving off the table to you uh, as you're a lefty or if it's cutting into you uh, as a righty or if he places it uh, on the outside corner. So uh, and obviously you can bring the heat a little bit as well. So uh, and he can ramp it up when he wants to and needs to uh, in some big spots. So uh, I'm expecting a lot of strikeouts here. I'm expecting a White Sox winner uh, once again here. So uh, there's going to be a huge on-tap contingency. So uh, anyone that's coming out to the ballpark, uh, I think the plan is uh, a bunch of the on-tap contributors will be meeting up at Cork and Carry. Uh, 11 a.m. is kind of the target for that. And then I know Hawaiian shirts are there. So have some beers, go in, get your Hawaiian shirt, and then probably circle back uh, and be there afterward as well. So uh, that's the plan. Come out and say hi. Uh, if you see us there, I'll be in attendance to Coughlin, Buzz, NWI Steve. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll have a crew out. Tone. We're going to be missing you, though. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got some other engagements. I will be here on the show uh, post-game afterwards. I'll be watching the game from home. Uh, I'm going to miss you guys at the ballpark, unfortunately. Um, but uh, the show must go on. Um, I will be here with the post-game show. Um, and uh, might might grab a guest for tomorrow night. Might grab a I, guest. I heard there's one in the pipeline. Uh, it's an yes. exciting one, too. I think White Sox Twitter will dig it. So Yeah, yeah. So it, it'll be a fun show. We'll, we'll have some fun. Hopefully we're talking about a White Sox winner. But uh, if you get out there to the ballpark tomorrow, be sure to find one of these guys. They're They're great to crack a beer with. Yeah, you can crack them. Yeah, you just tag uh, hashtag crack them, tag socks on tap, and uh, we'll we'll retweet you, uh, get you all posted up there, and uh, obviously meet up with us. So we can do it in person too. So uh, always going to be a good time at the ballpark. Can't beat a Saturday on the South Side, uh, in my book. So Tony, wrap this are thing you, up. Are you in the Are you in the one forty nine tomorrow? I am. I'm row four, one forty nine. So look for me. Bring the sunscreen, man. Yeah. Bring, oh, bring the sunscreen. I am. I am planning on it. I'm wearing a red tank top. I plan to be as red as that, though, even with the sunscreen by the end of the day. I'm prepared for it. <laughs> uh, you, you're a trooper, man. It, it, the, if you're sitting on that third base side, dude, it's uh, it's a little warm. Yeah, it's hot. Sun will be beaten down, but uh, the concourse breaks, too. It's nice. So it's a little bit more opened up there, a little bit more free to roam up there. So I will definitely be uh, up in that concourse. Can't wait until the Rev Brew room's open, man. That was my it, go-to it spot is. to go and cool it off. Is. It is now. I saw no the uh, the tweet that it is open. It is open. All I've right. got to ask you though. I've got to ask you. It does it does it hurt your experience? And do you expect them to allow backpacks back in the stadium? When we go full capacity, oh, it, it totally hurts my experience. You know me, how I approach a game there. So, yeah, um, it's been a little bit lighter, but uh, I've found my ways around it. Um, I'll say it's a full, full folded up bag uh, in the back pocket. You just bring all the shit that you're going to put in that bag in your hands or in your pockets. And then as soon as you get past the gate there, you just take the bag out of your pocket, uh, unfold it and uh, throw all that shit in there. So it's like normal. And nobody says shit when you're walking around the stadium. So that's how I've been getting around it, Tone. I've, I've got to say, like, I feel like I've been in a game with you before. And if we want to go into fan experience for, for just a second, where it's been a hot one, you've had the sunscreen, you've had the the uh, the rain ponchos when it's raining, you, you're, you're fully prepared for everything. It, you've been to the ballpark quite a bit. 
Um, and I'm, I'm happy to know that, that you're still maintaining that level of commitment to uh, weathering the elements and, and prior preparation. Um, but I just, I, man, if they do not let backpacks back in for the rest of the year, is that going to be a problem? Yeah, I think me and my sex summer are actually going to riot. So, uh, he's a backpack guy too. Exactly. He he's got the same setup, man. It's you know always you obviously always need the peanuts. That's always huge, and that's that's clunky shit to carry around. You want a bag for it? Like, come on, just let me. You do put it in the bag. Like you that's, do. That's. I can carry some other shit, but that one I, I'm not trying to carry that around the park. I've I've got one more fan experience thing for you. Is the the new. White Sox fan who's coming to a White Sox game right now, indulging in the wave because they have not experienced the last few years of White Sox baseball. They better not. You saw it tonight. You saw the wave tonight. You saw what happened. <laughs> was it Summer of George? Or no, no, excuse me. It was Austin Zick, a friend of the show, Austin Zick. He said, If you've ever participated in, in a uh, game in a wave ever, uh, at guaranteed rate field, then you were responsible for those six runs in that inning. <laughs> Fantastic stuff on, on Twitter.com right there. Yeah. What that. do you got tomorrow, Johnny? What do you got tomorrow? Tomorrow? Pick the click here? Yes, let's do uh, it. I'm, I'm going to go Tim Anderson. So, uh, first of all, these jerseys were made for someone like Tim Anderson. Um, he embodies that shit. South side. He's you know, a big model that they're using for him. Uh, Yoan Mancata, uh, Lucas Giolito, uh, probably the main ones that they featured there, and rightfully so uh, for those guys. But T.A., it embodies him. And uh, to back it up here, stat-wise, uh, Tim Anderson is batting a clean 1,000 uh, against uh, Tarek Skubal with one home run, two RBIs. So that's my pick. And you guys picked him tonight. Uh, I feel like he's rolling. Uh, I get a little confidence there. So, yeah, Tim Anderson stole it straight from me. Um, and just for the the reasons of the, the Jersey stuff and everything you got into, stole it right from me. Um, oof. Is Jake Lamb going to be in the lineup tomorrow? Rake Lamb, you mean? Rake Lamb, sorry. I don't know. This one, this is, it's too early because you don't know who's going to be in the lineup. I'd take Yasmani Grandal, but I don't think he's going to be in the lineup as pointed out by our guy, Andrew Kinsler. <sighs> Let's go Mancata. I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with yo. I think he's going to hit a bomb tomorrow. Yeah. I do. Mancata is just hot overall. You talk about, yeah. you know, some guys catching a, you know, Yasmani Grandal on a hot streak as of late, hopefully Yerman Mercedes turning the corner here. Tim Anderson has had, you know, a few here and there, but man, consistently when you're talking over the past, like three weeks or so, you all Mancata is turning it on. I don't think that's ever a bad pick over the stretch. So um, I like that. You got any final thoughts here or, or shout outs, any of that shit uh, before we wrap it up? Cause it is about time uh, to kick off the air here. Yeah. Final thoughts. Keep it rolling. This is another opportunity for you to win a ball game tomorrow against an inferior opponent. We've said that a few times tonight. Just go get it done. That's it. I like that one. Uh, I got a shout out for my uh, final thought here, and that is uh, Aussie Sox fan, uh, Jason Hosking. First of all, um, first time I've really aired this since uh, this award was given out. Liam Hendricks made reliever of the month. Uh, He had that, and then he also was part of MLB's, uh, you know, uh, team of the month for May 
And I attributed that when I wrote that article uh, and I attributed some of that to Aussie Sox fan for his first of all, Jersey that he got at grandstand um, Liam Hendricks Sunday, 83 Jersey. It's beautiful uh, that and his chance. So let's go Liam uh, in his Aussie accent from, uh, you know, usually sitting down the 108, 109, wherever they're kind of displaced uh, down there. So that's um, props him for that. And also the rally beer tonight um, because he, the White Sox were down eight, uh, seven. And right before that, Yaz bomb, probably about a, Five minutes before Tony, uh, he tagged us in that, uh, did a little shotgun action, and we love rally beers here at Sox on Tap. Yes, so we do. Whenever we go down or anything like that, or even if it's a tie game, we need some runs. Anytime White Sox need runs, rally beers, tag us, crack them at Sox on Tap on Twitter. So that's it. Final thought. Shout out Jason Hosking there. Let's go. All right. Uh, once again, Socks on Tap is presented by OnTap Sportsnet. You can find us uh, online at ontapsportsnet.com for articles, podcasts, all that good stuff. Follow us on social media at Socks on Tap and at ONTAP Sportsnet. And the show is also presented by Grandstand. Go and get yourself some of that sweet new Southside City Connect merch there at Grandstand, located right near the ballpark. You can also shop yes. online at grandstandsocks.com and follow them on social media for more of what they have to offer at Grandstand Socks. That does it. White Sox take care of business in walk-off fashion tonight. Eight to nine winner over the Detroit Tigers. Tony, it, we're going to do a dual part to our sign-off here. Detroit sucks and White Sox forever. White Sox forever. Detroit sucks. <laughs> <laughs>